may not look like much. She's got it where it counts, kid. This is the Millennial Falcon. I'm Josh. And I am John. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome. Josh, I have a question for you. Okay, what is it? All right. This is me asking my co-host medium-level trivia questions about Star Uh Wars. Okay. Part one. All right, here we go. Josh. Yeah. What planet is Obi-Wan Kenobi from? Oh, my gosh. What planet is Obi-Wan Kenobi from? Uh, um, I'm just going to say Coruscant. I don't even think that's true, but Coruscant. Stu John. I think that's how you say it. Stu John. Yeah, I have no idea. I didn't know that one. Yep. Hmm. This was asking my co-host trivia questions that are mediumly hard. <laughs> wow. Nice. Nice yeah. trivia, John. This was a little bit of inception. This is a, making a podcast while making social media content. John was just recording me for everybody who obviously can't see us. Hit two stones with one bird. <laughs> wow. Hear you nothing that I say. You must review the Clone Wars on the Millennial Falcon. All right, I'll give it a try. No, try not. Review. Or review not. There is no try. What are we doing today, John? Today we are reviewing Star Wars, the Clone Wars. Season 3, Episode 5 and 6. That's right. Titled Corruption and Academy. That's right. This is the second Mandalorian arc. I'm really liking these Mandalore stories. Mm -hmm. I do too. Yeah. All right. Should we? All right, Tom. Take us away. Desperate times on Mandalore. Having won neutrality for the Mandalorian system. Duchess Satine now finds herself an outsider with little aid to her people. Supplies are impossible to come by except on the black market. As a result, the Duchess faces a world consumed by greed. Hoping to alleviate some of the tensions rising in the capital city of Sundari, Satine has called upon her friend Padme Amidala to make a diplomatic visit. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Tom. It's uh, it's really cool just to like jump right into it. Mm-hmm. It's really cool that this one kind of takes us right into the aftermath of the previous Mandalore arc. Yeah, because like now she's like because of her decision to fight for their neutrality. Mm-hmm. Now the aftermath is there's a lot of complications with trade routes, right? And so there's a lot of black market deals going down. Yeah, and there's yeah. a lot of a lot of like a lot of good breeding ground for mm-hmm. corruption. Because the interesting thing that I never really. I don't know if it's that I never thought about it before or that I just didn't remember this or whatever, but Mandalore is kind of in ruins, like the planet itself. So the planet is kind of this desolate, like desert wasteland of a planet. And the Mandalore city that they're in, which I am totally blanking on the city name right now, but it's a dome city. So there's all these domes on mandalore that have these like civilized cities inside of them to kind of like protect them from the harsh environments of mandalore and everything i just find that fascinating because and you get a good look at it when they're when padme here is flying in to mandalore and you just you see this big giant city in in this dome and i was like oh that's kind of a cool perspective i i feel like they may have 
shown shots like that before, but th- this time I definitely noticed. Yeah. It kind of honestly reminds me of if you watch the Hunger Games, it kind of looks like the Capitol from in Pan Am. Oh, it does. You're right. It does have that kind of a vibe. But more Star Wars-y. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like sci-fi-ish. So because it's a wasteland, I actually wonder how much importing is all their goods. Like, are they self-growing stuff inside these domes to, like, farm and different things like that? Because it seems like almost, like, most of their goods would probably have to be imported, I would imagine. Well, I'm assuming they probably have their, like, exports. It doesn't necessarily have to be farming. It could be something they manufacture. Right. But I don't know. I'm sure I feel like they would have to have all of their food and, like, perishables imported. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Like, it, it's just interesting. But, yeah, you're right. We do get a really good look at just kind of the trading mm-hmm. kind of stuff. It's just kind of fascinating. Um, but going to Padme for a second. So Padme is visiting Satine uh, on Mandalore. And I find it so weird that the entire city is basically having a parade for Padme coming back is that am i understanding that correct because i just didn't get that i didn't think about it but now you mention it it does like based on what just happened with their fighting the senate in the last Mm -hmm. episode it is a little weird that they would like yay senator yeah it's like yay the senator of naboo is here and like padme and satine are talking about how it's like oh you're giving me a proper mandalorian welcome and stuff like that and it's just like what why would you guys celebrate this much for uh, a Nubian senator to just show up and like, what, why? <laughs> That's so yeah, much effort. It's <laughs> so much work, I feel like, to throw a whole parade for her to show up where she's literally just kind of there as a friend of Satine. I don't think she's really on a diplomatic mission per se, is she? I thought she was. Like, maybe she's there to just be a support to Satine. Like, I, I thought she but... was there to mediate their discussions oh you know what i think you're right yeah you know what? i think she was there to help mediate a bit like it's just like when they're having arguments and stuff like she kind of is just kind of standing on the side with satine watching all of the delegates yeah. or whatever argue according to wikipedia in the official description does say padme on a diplomatic mission to mandalore guarantees the pacifist planet the republic's full protection so she is on a diplomatic mission. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. I missed that point. It is cool to see how much the Mandalorian people respect Satine. I had that in my notes, too. She's like, yeah. I, I had it that, like, she really carries herself very mm-hmm. nobly and, like, very yeah. dignified. Yeah. Because, like, when she speaks, all of a sudden, everyone just, like, shuts up and yeah. listens. Yeah. Also, capital city, Sindari. Sindari. Okay. That rings a bell. Yeah. That makes sense. But yeah, I, I I very much agree. She does carry herself very like very nobly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like like you can just tell like she's like she seems like one of those people that's like if she's speaking, she's saying something important, mm-hmm. kind of a thing. So like she just carries such a weight with every word and stuff. She just seems like a very wise. Uh, I mean, she's not a senator. What did she? Um, a duchess. Yeah, duchess. Yeah. One of the things I found really funny about this episode was how often the politicians are changing clothes. (laughs) I 
this single day. <laughs> yeah, I was going to make a comment about somehow in some scenes, Padme has a hairstyle yeah. that just makes her look wildly different. Mm -hmm, and it's mm -hmm. just really like it messes with my mind a little bit. So I'm like, this is not I don't know. This is not really Padme style. Well, I mean, it's a very Padme thing to do for, for at least when she was the queen of Naboo. This was very common. She'd be like changing her look up every two seconds or whatever, like in yeah. the Phantom Menace and stuff. She had all sorts of different looks. That but hairstyle. Yeah. It yeah, just looks like, so weird on her. Yeah, where she has like the short kind yeah. of bob cut thing going on with giant hair clips. Yep. Yeah, I don't know. It was weird. It's such a weird outfit. <laughs> Um, but I just found it funny that it's just yeah. like, oh, we're going to have dinner. We need our dinner outfits. We're going to go do this. We need that outfit and stuff. And Satine is changing too. Mm -hmm. So it's just like all these politicians just have so many different outfits. And it's, I just find it funny. Yeah, we've it talked is. about it before too. Yeah. Um, but I, I still we've, find it weird. I feel like we've shared enough of our thoughts on Star Wars fashion choices. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So in this episode, the Pike, I believe... Is or no, 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 it's not the Pike. Mugen? Is it Mugen? Abandon Mugen smugglers laying on the cargo docks and bribe a corrupt customs yep. officer. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, so the Mugens, which I honestly I didn't know that that's what they were called. I thought they were somebody else, but <laughs> anyway, there's the Mugen smugglers. It seems like one of those situations where it's like, I don't think the Mugen smugglers were intentionally trying to poison the Mandalorians in this moment. It was just they were being careless and trying mm. to make a quick buck. Maybe we should like jump back a little bit and explain a little more. So what's happening yeah. is that these drinks are being imported in on the black market. And what's happening is they're basically poisoning little like the poisoning anybody the who kids. drinks them. The kids at this school are drinking them and they're all getting like really, yeah. really sick. It's like a tea, they said. So yeah. it's just like a tea drink that they get and uh, that a lot of the kids are drinking, I guess, at schools. But the supplier, these Mugen smugglers or whatever, they supplied an ingredient to kind of like cut costs or whatever. They said that they can like create like a hundred times more for the same price mm -hmm. or whatever. And so they're just using this as an excuse to make a quick buck, but at the cost of everyone's health kind mm -hmm. of a deal. That's what it seemed like. Yeah. So it's like, sure, they're super shady people, but I don't think that they were intentionally trying to. I think it was just greed. That's the vibe I got anyway. I think it was just a lot of greed. Yeah. But it is funny, um, the prime minister, or not the prime minister, the principal or whatever, just steals the drink from one of the kids. I was just about to say that. He's just like, well, he just takes it. He's like, okay, run along, go on. Yeah, like they're trying to figure out where the poison's coming from. And and he's like, oh, this is the only like outside thing that we bring in. And he's like, hey, kid, I need to borrow your drink. And it's like, he's not giving that back. That poor <laughs> no. kid just like probably spent his own allowance to get that drink out of the vending machine. And now... Yeah. It's gone. <laughs> yeah, but at least he's not going to get poisoned. That's true. <laughs> Prime Minister Almec just looks really suspicious this entire time to mm -hmm. me. So I'm curious to know if you were suspicious of him throughout the last arc. The Prime Minister. I don't remember. I don't remember if I was or not. Because I knew the whole time that he was evil yeah. and stuff. But I was like, I never wanted to say anything. Because I really wanted to see your reaction to finding out. I mean, it's the more of the next episode where all that gets really exposed. But in this oh. one, you get to see the first hint of... Oh, well, this one, he just looks suspicious to me. Maybe yeah. I thought the same in the other one. I don't remember right now. Yeah. You probably, I, pro I, I probably mentioned it if I did in the previous one. Hmm. I don't know. Uh, I find it interesting because 
that Satine, one of Satine's biggest kind of personality traits, I guess, if you will, is that she's a pacifist, right? Yeah. Like she is a pacifist. She doesn't want violence and everything. But once you start threatening the lives of the children, all of a sudden mm. she gets aggressive going in guns blasting yeah like she gets aggressive in this episode and stuff and she's like threatening people and stuff and i'm like okay so much for the pacifism i mean mind you she's not like picking up a weapon and killing anybody Mm -hmm. but um she's definitely getting really aggressive for claiming to be a pacifist so (laughs) also this would have been a really great episode for obi-wan to be in i had that same note i was like uh sadly no obi-wan but that's okay (laughs) Uh, like, there's a scene later on, like, this is kind of at the end of the episode at this point, where basically they track down where this is coming from, how people are getting sick, and they go to the warehouses and all that stuff, figure out that one of her own people is kind of getting paid to let these mm-hmm. Mugans drop off shipments and stuff, kind of like outside of the books. And she takes this, like, crazy stance. To, well, first there's this big shootout. And everything. And Padme, of course, can hold her own. Mm-hmm. And she grabs a gun and she starts shooting out the bad guys and the guards are there protecting and everything. But I thought it was pretty cool to see that the uh, guard captain, um, which is the person that they were like accusing was like the cause of a lot of this stuff, actually stepped in and protected Satine mm-hmm. when yeah. all the blaster fire came. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if you picked up on that because it was kind of subtle, but... He basically steps in right in front of Satine when the blaster fire starts coming. And he's like, I'll give my own life for you still. I didn't catch that. Even though you're like basically saying that this is all my fault kind of a deal. Which, I mean, he was partially related, but he wasn't trying to hurt anybody. Interesting. I didn't catch that. Yeah. I didn't catch that. And then Satine says, burn down the warehouse. I know. I had that in my nose. Like, that's what I was going to say. You mentioned earlier. Yeah. Of like, oh, I don't believe in fighting anybody. But this is the interesting interesting thing I find about her. In the previous mm-hmm. arc, she's like, oh, I don't believe in violence. Yet she's yeah. carrying a deactivator. Yes. And in this one, I think it's like unnecessary or, or maybe it's more like violence is only necessary in extreme mm-hmm. situations. Maybe she believes. Yeah, I mean, a deactivator isn't it is a droid weapon, right? It's yeah. not exactly gonna hurt people, or, or at least I don't think it is. Um, but it's for deactivating droids, deactivator. Um, but yeah, it was it was just this funny moment. Well, I don't know if it's funny is the right word, but just this like weird moment of Satine just being like, "Burn it down! We don't need evidence. Yeah. We just need to burn down this place with all this poisonous uh, stuff in it." Like, mm-hmm. I don't care. Because even the cat guard captain was like, but the evidence or yeah. whatever. And I'm like, yeah, he's making a good point. Why are the mm-hmm. heck are you burning this down? Shouldn't you like keep it there to like try to get to the bottom of the, the deeper sides of all this? <laughs> but no, yeah. she burns it. I also like in the next in the very next scene, she's talking to I don't know what his his title would be. Like basically the guy that runs the company that is importing all this stuff. I assume that's who he is. Oh. He's like he's a manager. Yeah. And he's they're basically like, Do you not understand like kids are getting sick? He's like, I don't know, I'm just I'm just importing. Right. I'm just doing my right. job. Yeah. I'm sorry, but I that's nothing I can do. Mm-hmm. Like he's so apathetic to it. Yeah. It's just greed. Yeah. Cause this is like a pandemic kind of moment. Like ev- nearly every child in the school is sick that had mm-hmm. been drinking those drinks. So this episode really does like even though I'm like making comments about Satine's pacifism and all that stuff. 
I really, really love the character of Satine. Yeah, I really like Satine. She is one of my favorite Clone Wars characters, I think. like I really appreciate that she knows what she believes mm-hmm, and she mm-hmm. stands up for it. That's the thing. I love her character. Yeah. Like, she's just, she's so strong. She's so wise and everything. And although she has her moments where she is maybe a little bit more um, thinking with her emotions, perhaps, but she she's just such a strong, likable character. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Very much. I, I really like her a lot. Star Wars has some really, really good characters. Mm-hmm. Like, they have, like, like even they're, like, the characters you hate, like, yeah. they, they do a good job of making you hate them. Oh, yeah. Like, you hate to, uh, you love to hate yes. certain characters. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> For me, Grievous, I love to hate Grievous. Yeah. Grievous, Grievous can be annoying. But yeah. he, he's also or, so cool. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, Dooku. Oh, another, I love another Dooku. great Duke, another great character. I loved Dooku before Tales of the Jedi, but then once you watch Tales of the Jedi, you're like, oh, I really like Dooku a lot now. Yeah, yeah. Dooku was cool, but then the backstory like pushed it over the edge. Oh for me. yeah, super cool. Yeah, but anyways, anyways, you anyways. got any other notes? Uh, at this point in my notes, this, this is the point where I wrote that I I was finding uh, Prime Minister Omex very suspicious. Because hmm. he right. just he seems like he doesn't really care too much. Yeah, no, he he is he's not quite as invested as you feel like the uh, prime minister should be mm-hmm. in in all of these yeah. ins and outs. Yeah, for sure. Should we get to the ratings? Let's get to some ratings. What you brought me today is worth approximately three thousand seven hundred and twenty to one. Come on, let's keep a little optimism. All right, season three, episode five, corruption. Here we go. As usual, we have story, artistry, and entertainment value. That's right. Kicking it off with story as always. Um, I thought the story was fine on this. It was it was very interesting to just yeah. see the whole um, like corrupted trade route kind of a thing and all that stuff with um, you know just kids are getting sick. We got to figure out what's going on. I mean, it's 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 a fairly classic formula mm-hmm. for a story, but it's very good. So yeah. I think they did it pretty well. Seven point eight for me. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was well done. I'm. I'm a little lower than you. I'm at about. I'm gonna go seven point seven. Yeah. Like I also thought there was some decent dialogue in this, although no quotes that specifically stand out mm-hmm. to me. I just thought like the conversation tones with all of the the political stuff and everything was fairly well written. Yeah. Artistry. Uh, I gave this seven point six. Yeah, I did seven point five. It was. It was good. Yeah, it I don't was really fine. have any comments on it. It was just, it was really good. Yeah, so. I, it was, it was good. Um, I don't have any complaints either. It was just, no. a, it was just a good episode. I really enjoyed it. Exactly. It's a, again seven point five in that ballpark is kind of the standard for what the Clone Wars has been for me. So seven point six for me. Entertainment value. It was good. Yeah. Seven point five for me again. Yeah, honestly, same. Yeah. Which brings my average score to a 7.6. Okay. Our official Millennial Falcon score is 7.6. Your 7.6 as well? 7.6 See, as well. This was, this was just a pretty much like right right up the middle of the, the road. The middle of the good lane. Yeah. You know, <laughs> not just not a ton to say about this yeah. one, honestly. <laughs> yeah. All right. Should we get to the next one? I will say before we go on. Yeah. It was a good episode. It was. It was. I would I would definitely recommend it. I would honestly, I would recommend people watch the Clone Wars. 
Oh, absolutely. Now, my first watch through, I would, I like the show. It's a good show. I like the show a lot. Like, again, my, my wife is not a nerd. She is not traditionally even a Star Wars fan, but she has been getting into Star Wars. We watched, rewatched all the movies not that long ago together. Again, she's seen them before. Uh, well, she's seen most of them before, but we had watched all of them now, and she's working her way through the Clone Wars with me. Nice. So, you know, it's awesome. It's a good show. For the fact that my wife is watching a cartoon, yeah. that says a lot. <laughs> I also really like that it's part of the canon. Yeah. It adds so much more depth to these stories. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Shall we review another episode? Let's do it. The Academy, Season 3, Episode 6. Tom, why don't you take us away? A world in crisis. The peaceful planet of Mandalore is being strangled by the grip of corruption. With shortages of every kind, citizens must turn to the black market in order to survive. Desperate to free her people, Duchess Satine has asked her friend Padme Amidala to speak with the Jedi Council in hopes that they will send assistance to her struggling world. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Tom. So the last episode ended off with them deciding that an undercover an undercover Jedi would come in to uh, protect the young, the young school kids. Was it undercover? Yeah. I don't even think I realized she was supposed to be undercover. Maybe. I don't know if she's... I don't... Because, oh. I mean, they knew she was a Jedi. Now I don't know. I thought it was undercover. Did they say... Did Tom say undercover in his little intro? I'm going to look it up right now. It does say undercover assignment. Yeah. Ahsoka Tano is assigned to teach a class at a leadership academy on Mandalore. It's weird that they say undercover. They do use that word in the description of the episode. Hmm. Weird. Because the the students or whatever, they know that she's a Jedi. They, like, ask yeah. her questions about it and everything. Your, your undercover needs more undercover. Yeah. Maybe it's, like, maybe it's that uh, she's undercover to, like, help investigate what's going on in the background. I don't know. I don't know. I'm having trouble making that word work, but... Either way, this is an Ahsoka episode, which, whoop, whoop, that brings it up for me. <laughs> I love Ahsoka so much. Uh, this is And this is a pretty good one, honestly. I really appreciated Ahsoka's, like, experience starting to come into play mm -hmm. in this episode so from, like, some of the stuff. Yeah. I mean, we've been getting a few of those good ones where I mean, you she's can getting tell. More... Sorry. That's okay. I mean, she's getting more street cred. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, she's good. She's she knows kind of what she's doing now. And Anakin's there at the beginning of the episode, kinda like, all right, you can do this kind of a thing. Go ahead, be with the people. Um interesting again that Obi Wan didn't insist on being a part of this at all, which yeah. I mean also kind of understand that too, because he's like, I don't need emotional attachments. He's, he's very he wants to remain um, emotionally involved. Yes, yes. Um I have well, I have I have a, a grievance though. Like, hey, mm. we need a Jedi to help protect our kids. Yeah. Take away her lightsaber. Like take away her yeah. weapon. Yeah. Like that bothers me a little. Well, I mean, it makes sense because they're they're saying like no, we don't allow outside weapons in yeah. in uh what's the capital's name again? Sundari. Sundari. Which I I get that. I feel like that's fair. I mean, she's coming in to teach a bunch of students and stuff. She doesn't need to be bringing her lightsaber. But that's just the cover. She's there to Yeah. She's got to work. She's got to work. Like give, uh, her, yeah. give her her tools. Let the woman work. A Jedi doesn't need to solely rely on their mm. lightsaber. Well. <laughs> I, 
I just think she should have kept her lightsaber. Yeah. I am surprised, though, that in these classes where Ahsoka is kind of like teaching them about corruption and stuff, like that's basically what she's doing, right? Yeah. She's like teaching a class to the students about like political corruption, I guess, kind of. Like, is yeah, that, they is have, that the subject? They, they, they kind of have a good talk on if leaders should be held accountable for their right. actions and corruption. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to take a little bit of a rewind. Mm-hmm. So the reason that Ahsoka has to give up her lightsaber is, and they say because somebody else caused, caused trouble on their planet previously, which was Obi-Wan going through causing a bunch oh, of wreckage. right. So yes. that's why she's not allowed to have it. So yes. that makes sense. But then I love when uh, Ahsoka's like, uh, what'd she say? Master Obi-Wan caused trouble? That's a first. Yeah. I thought that was really funny. Like, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. that's true. <laughs> I love these these students or whatever you would... The yeah. cadets? Cadets, yeah. Yeah, I think they were... I, I, I like that they were very... like They seemed to really admire Ahsoka mm-hmm. and take what she was saying to heart. Yeah. They were a little bit young and naive, though, and thinking they could just go to the warehouse and yeah, investigate on and their try own. To investigate on their own. Yeah, because I I can't remember where their initial suspicions were, but they're like, we got to figure out what's going on or whatever, and they try to like take things into their own hands. The blonde girl, which I don't know what her name was, I tried to look it up, but I couldn't even find it. She's like, I have a bad feeling about this. Classic Star Wars quote. Yeah, is back. Oh, uh, one thing I was gonna say uh, a second ago was. When Ahsoka is teaching the class, there's no adult supervision in the room. No, there isn't. You would think that having an outsider come in and teach your students, you would want to have some type of other teacher or like supervisor of some kind in the room to be like, what is this Jedi teaching our kids? We're we're trying to remain a neutral planet and do all these different things. We want to make sure she's not like poisoning our children's minds or something i don't know you'd you'd think that that would be the perspective some people would have but there's like zero supervision going on uh and ahsoka is just talking to them about yeah your senators could be corrupted maybe who knows probably not but it's worth thinking about it and stuff and Mm -hmm. um it just surprises me that there's no supervision there at all for that conversation they just leave leave it totally alone (laughs) yeah one of these cadets is uh corky is duchess satine's nephew yes and the other, and there is, I'm looking up the names. Oh, are you? Okay. Yeah. Amos and Lagos are also cadets. And Sony. Oh, okay. So those are the four. Corky, Amos, Lagos, and Son- Sonia or something. Yeah. Anyway, there's one point where the kids, the cadets or whatever, they go and consult Satine, which is the one guy's aunt. And because they just witnessed basically some kind of like inner conflict thing where there's some people doing some shady stuff in the warehouses and stuff, and they witnessed all that. And so they go run off and escape, and they go right to Satine and be like, hey, we saw something going on, we got something recorded, or whatever. And they're trying to get her to help. Satine has such a cool-looking room. <laughs> yeah, she <laughs> was, does. She's got all these fish tanks everywhere, and I was like, ooh, that's nice. Uh, I, I'm uh, Side note, I'm a bit of an aquarist myself. I have some fish tanks, and so anytime I see them in shows, I just love it. But I, I just thought, found that fun. But then, all of a sudden, people go and attack Satine, and they break all of her fish tanks. I know, that must have been hard for you. <laughs> I was like, no, the fish! Not the fish. Why would you take it out on the fish? <laughs> I, that, that was just a funny thing I saw. I was like, That's not funny. the fish. Also, poor Satine, yet another 
member of her trusted delegates and like senators and all these different mm-hmm. people betraying her once again. Yeah, she has got to have some trust issues at this point with how many people have just betrayed her at the like it, it's it's yeah. really sad. Like mm-hmm. I'm referring to the prime minister, obviously, but yeah, because this is the episode. Like this is the episode yeah, where they figure really out, out it is the prime minister. He's the one. That is evil, basically. I was trying to take over Mandalore for his own, like, you know, missions or whatever. Power grab? Yeah. Because there's this fun scene at the end of this episode where Ahsoka is basically defending the cadets and starts Mm -hmm. attacking the guards and everything. And then they go and they all get captured and everything by the guards. And then there's this fun scene where... Ahsoka keeps using mind tricks on the guards. And you as a viewer, you're like, oh, it's working. She's able mm-hmm. to use mind tricks. But then they have this quick, like, pull back the curtain moment where they're like, ah, actually, we weren't mind controlled the whole time. All of my guards are trained to resist your Jedi magic mm-hmm. and stuff. That and was a really cool That scene. was a cool reveal yeah. to be like, they were just going along with this the whole time. So that was kind of cool. Yeah. And then Ahsoka, eventually, of course, she escapes or or she breaks out of the handcuffs that they had her in and all that stuff and she picks up the prime minister and throws him at the guards which i thought was cool (laughs) yeah that was really cool i like that this is a pretty straightforward episode yeah like i don't really have many other comments than i've already said it was enjoyable though yeah i I think there's definitely a lot of these episodes where we find like really entertaining like Mm -hmm. very good Mm -hmm. but i think in the episodes that don't really like forward the main plot points of star wars they kind of like are just good like this is a good filler episode for me it's it's a good it's a good arc and i really enjoy it see i feel like this does move the plot forward though like i i feel like i wouldn't call this filler like i i would call this episode pretty like substantial because they just revealed that a major like uh party in this show that we've been watching the prime minister of mandalore is evil like, that's a pretty true. big deal. No, that is true. Like, and all of a sudden, so he's corrupt. He's got a whole bunch of guards that are corrupt as well that have been on his side this whole time. And so all of that gets revealed. That gets exposed. All of a sudden, Duchess is on her own now. Like, with, you know, she has other politicians and stuff around. But all of a sudden, now they need a new prime minister and stuff. So, yeah. like, as far as, like, the consequences to Mandalore, this is a pretty big deal. No, you're right. Um, Actually, here. now that you so, say it like that. And you do find, like, and again, we talked about Satine's been through a lot of finding mm-hmm. out, like, how few people she can actually trust. Oh, yeah. Like, this is really developing for Satine's character, like, just for us to understand her background. Because she does continue through the show, I'm pretty sure. Um, is she in, Mandal- in The Mandalorian at all? Uh, no comment. So, yeah. Okay, she's in there. No comment. So, she's in the show. Gotcha. The one you know. Cool. Yeah, but I found this episode very good. Should we get to yeah. the ratings? Let's get to some ratings. What you brought me today is worth... Approximately 3,720 to one. Come on, let's keep a little optimism. Here we go. The Academy, Season 3, Episode 6. Story. I, like I was just saying, I, I found this story actually to be quite good. Like, there was a, a couple fun little twists there, like I was saying, with the whole... Uh, Jedi mind tricks and stuff, and just the whole twist itself of, yes, prime uh, the Prime Minister of Mandalore is evil. Like, he, he is the bad guy and everything. So, and, like, it's pretty, like, 
evil too because he literally captures Satine and it's like framing her and putting her in prison and all this stuff mm-hmm. and like it's just like he has those purple eyes too which is like a little bit weird and menacing a bit so it's yeah. like a very weird eye color to have he does look um, very villainous villainous yeah, villainous yes absolutely but i really enjoyed the story in this one i give it a 7.9 yeah mm-hmm. 7.7 for me hmm. artistry i thought it was pretty good there i don't know what it is about this episode but i thought the visuals kind of stepped up a notch like just like the aesthetic, like the general tone of the aesthetics in this episode, um, which I, I know it's part of the same arc as the last one. But for some reason, I don't know if it's just the atmosphere of a lot of this being at night and there being a lot more like moody lighting and stuff at different points. But I just thought the visuals in this episode were actually very good, um, like just a notch better than usual. So 7.7 for me. Yeah. 7.6. Mm-hmm. It was good. The performances were very good, too. Yeah. Like, honestly, there was no performances other than maybe some of the kids a little bit, but it wasn't even that bad, though. Like, there was no bad performances. I'll say that. Yeah. Um, nothing that stood out as bad, but there's definitely some that were very well done. So, yeah. Yeah. I would agree. Would you give it? 7.6. 7.6. Entertainment value. I was very decently entertained. Yeah. I'm going to give it a 7.8 for entertainment value. Same. 7.8. Yeah. Yeah. Not too much to say. Yeah. Like, I mean, Ahsoka's in this, so that's more entertaining already. And I love to actually just see Jedi mind trick stuff. I just love when yeah. you get to see people use the Force, even though it didn't really work, technically, but we thought it did. But anytime you get to see the Force being used in other types of ways, I just find that super entertaining and yeah. interesting Yeah, I love any kind see. of Force ability. Yeah. So, 7.8. Yep. All right. That brings my average score to a 7.8. My average score is a 7.7. Which makes The Academy Season 3, Episode 6, a 7.8. Well deserved. It was good. Well I, mean, I enjoyed deserved. this one. A good, solid episode. All right. That's another podcast. Into books. Yeah, you can follow us on social media on Instagram at the Millennial Falcon Podcast. And you can find us on Facebook at the Millennial Falcon Podcast. Awesome. And yeah. join us next time as we discuss two uh, one-off episodes. We're going to join a couple together uh, just so we don't have a bunch of short episodes. But we got season three, episode seven, and then season three, episode two. <laughs> yep. Another one of those little topsy-turvy yeah. episode chaos things. There's some good episodes, though. I really enjoy them. Yeah. All right. Looking forward to that. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.